When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Seeking Profit. My name is Andrew, and I'm here as always with Emil. Emil, what's up, man? Uh, how are your crypto investments? <laughs> uh, I'm about to have people come into my DMs and hate on me. I have never bought a single anything in crypto. Bitcoin, Ethereum, I I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm, an, I'm a boomer. I just... I just, it's not for me. You're, you're not into Ponzi schemes at all? <laughs> oh, shots fired. Do you do you own any crypto? Do you have like Bitcoin anything? I had like a, a token 10 that I'd put in like a while ago. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was like one of those things, like, I guess if it's, I mean, I literally hate it, like the whole concept. Um, I just think it's like really dumb. But uh, <laughs> Same. <laughs> I don't understand it all. I don't understand like... What it's but solving, these coins have better. contracts. Imagine <laughs> right. if you paid for your Airbnb with a coin that unlocked the door. Or just give me the code to the door. I'll type that in and I can pay with a credit card. That also works for me. Like, yeah, the, ridiculous. The real world applications are... It, you know, there's videos floating around where people are like, but what, what are the real world applications of this? And it's like every single person just couldn't really give a legitimate answer. It was just like logic circles. It was terrible. I think if so. you ask for real world applications, it's like you're trying to troll them or something like, oh right. God, what a loser. Real world applications? <laughs> this is crypto. It's outside of the real world. Yeah, you don't get it, dude. You're still locked in the matrix. <laughs> uh, I'm just glad that there is literally recorded audio of me like so many years ago saying the same thing because uh, it's easy to say it now. But today we're doing like literally my favorite type of episode. Uh, it's called Five Questions where we answer questions from you. Uh, and, you know, both of us will kind of wax poetic uh, and just like makes it like a fun, easygoing time. And I am just going to jump right into it. Can I stop you real quick? I want to give a shout out to, yeah. since we're doing like our first like listener oriented episode, I want to do a shout out to Kushbu. I think, I hope I'm saying that right. She, when we launched the podcast, such an awesome reception reception. She wrote this long Twitter thread summarizing uh, the seven things we look for in a new content site, a new niche. And it was like this incredible, incredible uh, thread. And I just want to give her a shout out for doing that. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I loved it. It was it was super cool. Thank you. Um, and I mean, if you have any questions, we'd love to answer them on our next five questions. Uh, but the first question is Robert Leonard. It's at the Robert Lenar. I guess just the D taken off Leonard. And uh, he said, I'm trying to decide how to set up the URL structure for my site. There are three common components to this. Main keyword search term, location, and a location's name. And so an example he gave is mountain bike trails in Florida or 
Tampa Southern Mountain Bike Trails. So the idea is the keywords mountain bike trails, the location is Florida, um, and if you use a more specific, it'd be like Tampa Southern, um, Southern Florida Mountain Bike Trails. And so you give a few options. It'd be like his web domain slash mountain dash bike dash trails slash Florida slash Tampa Southern MTB trails or mountain bike dash trails slash blah, blah, blah. Bunch of subfolders, you know, kind of enumerating it out. And so really just wants to know like what might be the best way to structure this. Uh, so I have some ideas, but you first, Emil, what do you think? Yeah, so he mentioned he's going for two separate pages, which is the right way to go, right? He's like, okay, I want to target mountain bike trails in Florida with its own page and then Tampa Southern mountain bike trails. So that's a good first start. Don't try to rank for both those keywords in the same place. I would, honestly, I don't think it matters a ton which way you do this. I would avoid the additional subfolders if I could, right? So I would have mountain bike trails slash Florida, right? That's one. And then the other ones would be mountain bike trails, Tampa Southern MTB trails would be the other one. And, uh, that would just be my preference. I don't think it really matters. I think it just makes it easy structurally. The main thing here is like, you want to like mountain bike trails in Florida is going to be the pillar in this case. And you're going to talk about Tampa within the article and you link out to the Tampa Southern mountain bike trails, right? Like if you want more details about Tampa Southern trails, go to our guide here. And so like, you want to just make sure you're doing good interlinking between these because they're so related. And that's, I think is probably the more important thing than like the exact URL structure. I like that. You know, obviously you want like the, the keywords or the key pieces in the URL. Uh, when I was thinking about it, I was, I was like, well, uh, I don't know, like what about dirt bike trails or what about, I don't know, other trails with other types of bikes that I don't know the names of, like maybe just subfolder it as trails. And then everything under that is trails, Florida, Montana, whatever. I think the important thing is that like, like things are in the subfolder. And perhaps if a subfolder has authority, if that's a thing, you know, um, it would be collated because honestly, Bike trails, whatever type bike in whatever state, they're going to be pretty similar in terms of like intent and I'm sure they'll be structured similarly. So I think they'll do a good enough job describing to Google, you know, what, what's going on. Um, next question is from Alton Lex. It's at Alton underscore Lex. Uh, like how to take the bait on this. Because <laughs> I saw the keyword chat GPT. It basically means we're going, we're literally going viral right now. Um, <laughs> or antiviral because everyone's muting chat GPT. So that, that's, that's right. We have to, we just have to do like add a four at the end, chat GPT four. And it's like super viral. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, okay. Chat GPT and advanced information retrieval is changing the landscape of traditional search. I'd agree. Why should or shouldn't we be concerned about the affiliate slash ad model with the changes in how consumers discover solutions and research topics? And if I was to distill that down, is Google going to change? Are we effed? Um, a doozy for you, Emil. Oh boy. I knew this one was coming. Um, I, I am, 
I am not like good at what's going to happen three to five years from now. I think if you were good at that, you should, you know, go trade bonds and stocks and stuff and make more money than with, you know, websites. But if I had to guess or not even guess, I'm operating in the world that of like what works now, right now, Google is still Google. It still operates the way it does. I think a lot of us in Twitter land, you know, more tech oriented people. I think sometimes it's easy to be caught off guard with a lot of shiny objects and remember that we're a small portion of the population that's talking about chat GPT as all these marketers and stuff. You go ask 10 random people on the street, I guarantee you, like maybe they heard about it from their sister, but they have no idea what it is or anything, right? Like, I don't think this is like, it takes a long time for stuff like this to change consumer behavior. Everyone knows Google. Everyone trusts Google. Like they're still going to go to Google for a lot of these things, especially like if I think about the affiliate stuff, right? Like best, or someone trying to get a human's perspective on things like chat GPT so far can't like give you its recommendations on the top 10, uh, basketball shoes for wide feet or whatever. Right. Like that's not where it's at yet. Um, so the thing I think is going to happen is a lot of lazy marketers and marketing teams are going to use this to create very generic, like create bad content at scale, right? It's already kind of happening, but it'll just catch on more and more because marketers love these things. And Google at some point is going to lay down the hammer on sites that are obviously doing it. And it'll have just like widespread effects, like a lot of collateral damage on sites that weren't even using it, but we're targeting a lot of like very informational keywords that like uh, AI can handle. Like what is so-and-so's net worth or what is a fax machine or, you know, like really easy questions that the snippets have been kind of owning for now. Those, those kinds of things. I'm, I'm like completely steering away from those. I completely agree that, you know, like made it to 5 million users in like a week or whatever. Uh, there's like a couple billion people on the (laughs) internet. Like the like the minute ChatGPT came out, I went and like complained to my wife. Oh my god, it's all over! You know what are we gonna do? We have to get like a house, a shack on the beach or something. And uh, you know, only you know this is like months later. Only now, yesterday, I actually tried to help her create an account, and the server was overloaded, so she couldn't even like create an account. I just think I agree that it's gonna be way slower than it maybe feels, but I do want to take Alton's bait and discuss the impending doom of <laughs> niche site, whatever, you know, and how do, you know, does revenue shake out? Um, one, I think uh, Google is winning because they have distribution. In Chrome, you just type a search into the bar. They have Android phones. Apple, they literally pay Apple. So when you search on the phone, it goes right to Google. Uh, they just like own so much distribution that um, even if there was something better, you know, what are you going to do? Get a new thing that you have to search through or, you know, have to, now you have to go to an app instead of your browser to, I just think there's going to be a lot of friction that has to play out. Um, and I think that Google is not as interested as you would think in this because it kind of like upends their business model. That said, um, Everyone on Twitter is obsessed with SEO traffic. And it's great because you can look on Ahrefs and find fake volume and all of the fake numbers that are on Ahrefs. 
But there are so many sites that get more traffic outside of like organic um, or just there's other things besides organic. For example, uh, only 60% of Lasso's traffic is organic. We get a ton of direct traffic. We get a, a, a ton of referral from other websites. Other websites have traffic besides Google. Um, you know, there was this guy I was talking to on Twitter. And if you look at him up and if you look up his site in Ahrefs, he gets like twenty to 30,000 visits per month. But his site does about 7 million in Google Discover traffic a month. Because he talks about timely events in a super niche area with like very little competition. And so what happens if you can't rank for how to write a check and get display ads on a really dumb topic? You just have to do something better or go on to the other million sources of traffic. Um, and so if you're really afraid that it's going to die, let this be the thing that galvanizes you to, I don't know, start pinning shit. Although Pinterest traffic's pretty bad. But, <laughs> you know, I don't know, get an email list going. Like, don't be completely reliant on traffic arbitrage. Uh, I am completely reliant on traffic arbitrage. But, you know, it's it's like... Live by Google, die by Google. Google giveth, Google taketh away. That's the game I'm playing. I know it. I know it's like, uh, <laughs> could be taken any minute, but that's like, you know, I choose to play that game and so be it. I'm either going down with the ship or going down with the ship at some point later. You know, uh, the FTC just created a new, really big lawsuit against Google, literally in the realm of like taking all of our traffic away type stuff. Um, and so, I don't know. Maybe that shakes out and uh, you know changes things. Um, God, I hope not. Just hoping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so um, next one. This is from Scott Rikens uh, at Play with Fire Co. By the way, awesome personal finance documentary on how ridiculous the fire movement is. Um, his question is uh, best practices advice for choosing affiliate partners. I guess what are the best practices for choosing affiliate partners, increasing your share, negotiating discounts, incentives for your audience, pro con tips to managing multiple affiliates, and will I build Lasso for Webflow? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Emil. <laughs> All right. So will Andrew build Lasso for Webflow? Let's start there. Um, I have no idea. But I'm... Is uh, Scott's documentary is it pro fire or anti fire? Um, I I well one I think you should watch it. I don't want to steal the thing. I'd say that it, it's maybe both, and I don't know that that's like the goal of it. Mm. Um, it's more like talking about it and living it. Like what does Got it, it mean? Mm. Like hearing it and then like in practice. Got it. Got it. Okay. Uh, I have a terrible answer for this one because I just. I just send all my affiliate traffic to Amazon. I'm all of my affiliate links point to Amazon. I've, I'm just talking about my, my main site right now. Um, I mean the other sites, yeah, they're Amazon too. I've tried using other, uh, affiliate partners that give better percentages and stuff. And I just, the traffic just doesn't convert as well. And when I look at my report every month from Amazon, I don't know the percentage it's over 50%, may even be closer to 75% are products that I don't even sell on my site. Like people just go on Amazon, they have something else in their cart. And if you, you know, sent that click and someone ends up <laughs> purchasing within 24 hours, you get credit for whatever it is, especially like, you know, you look at, um, 
like Thanksgiving to, to Christmas and New Year sales. And it's like so much random stuff that is not on your site. It's like, it's hilarious. So for me, I just rely on Amazon because like the volume makes up for, you know, the not so sweet percentage that they give you. So a lot of Lasso customers also do that. Uh, just like push everything to Amazon. I have seen the light of the other side. I actually yeah. saw that first and I'm like, yeah. Amazon gives you none percent. But <laughs> it's kind of like crazy. Um, I think the thing is, if this site, like the, the maybe the way to look at it is if Amazon's going to give you 3% and this other site, maybe they're literally sell their stuff on Amazon and it converts one third as well, but they pay you 9%, like that's the same thing. And what we found, um, and this is something that we're working on that we're really excited about, uh, these companies, they're willing to pay like 20 to 30%. And so like getting to 9%, in like, say, you know, I don't know, a pool cover or whatever, or a grill brush. That's that's not difficult. Um, now, negotiating it, uh, I've always found that coming from a position of not cold start works really well. So uh, to give you an example, um, you know, Fundrise, I think they pay a default of 100 uh, we get um, 150, and I think they go up to like 180 payout. And so it's like you make 100 per conversion. You do a few conversions, and you email them, and you're like, "Hey, uh, could you help me understand what converts better?" Just some conversation to get them going, and you know, then you do a little bit more, and then you ask them for a raise, or you know, you ask them to fund the creation of other articles promoting them, which they will totally do, and let you monetize it with affiliate links. Um, and once you're driving meaningful traffic, they will literally be bothering you constantly. And so one of the times they want to bother you, you just reply like, pay me more. <laughs> and they, they probably will. <laughs> when I was at Roofstock, you know, you were an affiliate for Roofstock, Listen Money Matters, and we were always like, trying to find more ways to work with you. So that's, yeah, I've seen that firsthand. The, those are my like favorite days. Roofstock <laughs> was paying me far, far too much, but I also jumped on calls to them whenever they wanted to talk. They're like, we think we're going to create this blah, blah, blah thing. What do you think? And so part of it is just like making yourself accessible to them um, because if you're of any size, they're probably going to yeah become intoxicated with how much volume you could push. That's right. way cheaper than ads. And if you look at any best list, it's usually driven by the products that pay the highest. And these companies know it. And so if you're working with Kinston WP Engine and you're big, um, pick one that you want to be the winner and tell them what it needs to be to be the winner and they will just do it, likely. So the, it's not like... Um, you just need to ask. Uh, and if you're big, you know, I would always ask for a bigger payout. You could ask for coupons, give my people 20% off. But uh, I would argue that's not what's driving your sales. It's your persuasiveness and how you're positioning the product. Um, and if you need, you know, a discount to, to get those conversions, then you're probably not selling good enough. Um, and, and will we do Webflow? Mm, I don't know. Let's find <laughs> out. If, if you want us to do it, uh, email me. Um, okay. Next one. Joe Clements, at the Joe 126. 
What are you both doing with all those profits? A meal. <laughs> uh, such a good one. I'm glad we, we chose this one. <clears throat> uh, I am, uh, I wish it was all of those profits where I felt like I was just like, man, what do I do with all this money? For the most part, these content sites right now, like the main site, I looked at the numbers before we did this episode, made like 60K in revenue last year and we had like 30K in expenses. And so there was, uh, or like 35K in expenses, so 25K profit. So 35K of that, you know, of that revenue, I'm just reinvesting. Right now I'm in like growth mode and I'm trying to reinvest in these little businesses as much as I can. So that is where most of my profit's going. You know, it's not a big enough number where it's like 100,000 plus per year profit where I'm like, okay, let's diversify out of this, right? Like you can't just have all your chips going into, especially for me, because I'm so SEO driven, like I'm completely relying on Google, uh, where it's like, okay, let me put this in something a little safer. Let me put this in whatever, an index fund or rental properties or something that's not this where all my eggs are in the SEO basket. <laughs> Definitely invested a lot. We have, you know, rental properties, our house, you know, we did work on the house. Um, I, I come from like invest all of it. Every dollar needs a job. So, you know, we didn't call it seeking profit by mistake, like obsessed with kind of like keeping it and putting the money to work. Um, that said, uh, there really does become a time when like, and so, so like what, I mean, like what you're saying where you're like, you're investing back in the business. And I think that's what you should do if you feel like you're onto something. Um, and as entrepreneurs, I think we always feel like we're onto something. Yeah. Uh, but there's like a point where, um, really honestly, like you, you can't, there's nowhere for you to put more dollars into in, if you don't want to be like an idiot about it. Right. Um, and so, uh, like, if you were making $50,000 a month and your team that's producing 12 art- you know, articles a month or whatever it is, and you, like, you're spending 10 or something on the team, you're keeping 10, like, I don't know, you start a SaaS business and call it Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You just find some other business to... I, I, that's kind of... It, that is, I feel like, what a lot of people do, right? Like, you, if you have this business oriented or investing oriented mindset. Like now you're just like, okay, that's what I like. So the main side, there's 25 K profit. Guess what I did last year. I spent five K working on a new site, right? It's like another investment, another little seed. I wasn't just like, ah, what am I, you know, it's kind of just what you do. You see some success and you're like, all right, how, how do I build more success with this, (laughs) with this cash? I don't know. Yeah. And and even before, like you put it into a thing, I think everyone should really buy like the the level one most valuable thing, which is your freedom. You know, Mm. the first thing I bought was quitting my day job, you know, and just like getting your hours all into your thing. That's like, that's a huge win, you know, and, and it's, you're probably a year away from that, Emil, like uh, hundreds, you know, around the corner. Um, So I think you should do that. And then, I don't know. Buy rental properties or build a SaaS business. Don't build a SaaS business. It's hard. <laughs> yeah, I feel like depending on the week, you're like, dude, SaaS is where it's at. And then the other week, you're like, don't do not do SaaS, please. I just, so, so we're recording this February 1st. I just sent a really good investor update or a really, it was it was perfectly average, which is really good for us. Um, and 
I so I'm like build a SaaS business. But <laughs> you know, if we were talking in like June, I don't know. Um, next question is from Madhav Bandari. It's at the Mod Bandhari. And we'll, we'll include all these in the show notes because I'm butchering this. Um, and his question is, how do you work on your blog while on a day job? Yeah, so this one, uh, my day job, you know, is another entrepreneurial venture. I, I run an SEO agency, so I think it'll be here cool to hear your story on this, Andrew, but let's, let's just call the agency my day job. Cause that's really what I'm focused on during the day is our clients. I work on my sites nights and weekends, man. It's, it's my side hustle. You know, I've always, when I had a day job, my side hustle was clients and stuff, you know, freelancing nights and weekends. And then now that that's my full-time thing, these sites that, you know, I'm trying to build up assets, cash flow through them, they are my side hustle. So Man, I, you know, a lot of people, it's not what you want to hear, but like from eight to 1030, most nights I'm sitting on the couch, you know, I'm next to my wife, she's watching TV. I'm kind of like passively tuning in every 15 minutes, whatever she's watching, <laughs> but I'm mostly just working on the couch till, you know, 11, most nights from like eight to 11. And then on weekends, sometimes Sunday night, sometimes during the day, if I need to get something done here and there, you know, when the kids are sleeping or whatever, it's just a grind. You have to find the hours. Like if it's something you really want, you find the hours wherever they're free. So that's it. Like I always likened it to like burning on the candle on both ends, like end in the middle. Yeah. Um, it, it's just a lot of work. Uh, you have to really want it. Um, I started this whole thing like 15 or something years ago when literally no one worked from home and I persuaded my boss to let me work from home then I read the book Essentialism. And in the office, I wouldn't talk to anyone. I wouldn't even be that helpful, but I would get so much done. And then I worked from home. That'd be my full day working on my thing. And when I came home from work, I work on my thing. And if I can convince my wife or then girlfriend at the time, Laura, to, you know, like, let me work on it. You know, let's, what if we didn't do something on Saturday and I worked? That sounds like fun, right? Um, <laughs> Laura's a saint. I don't know how she put up with you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean either. Um, we, we, we also, to, to the previous question, what did you do with your profits? Before kids, we visited 22 countries. Um, so we had a good time. I think um, you, you just need to work really hard. You know, I think it is uh, as indicative how hard you need to work when something's starting as like how Elon Musk describes it, you know, when he was like sleeping on the production floor with Tesla or, you know, he's like not paying rent for buildings and, you know, it's like uh, he's like in there putting all his time and here's a guy worth so much, but like sometimes it just needs like you in it. Um, and he had some other follow-on questions about hiring people, but in the beginning it's you and it's only you. And, you know, while, you know, in a previous episode, Emil, you, you know, said how in the beginning you were paying some people maybe like 500 a month and I was, but the value of my hours or your hours actually going to the business supersedes that by like many folds. You just right. gotta slog it out. Yeah. I'm not like a huge fan of like hustle culture, grind, 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 work, 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 but man, you... The work has to be put in somewhere, whether it's short periods of time. It, it, it's funny. I joke around with a friend. It's like all these, a lot of successful people who talk about burnout 
are successful now because like they had to work really hard and burn out. Like had they not done that, they might not have been successful. So it's like, I get it. Burnout's not cool. Uh, working all the time is not cool, but man, if it's like, if it's what you got to do to get where you want, I don't know. You got to figure out a way to do it. You know, uh, competition kind of like drives things down to zero. And if it was so easy, you could just step in and start like earning, you'd earn virtually nothing. It's why, like, I think there's like how many years worth of video is uploaded to YouTube, like every day, hour, whatever, which is why the CPMs are so low because they have so many impressions. It's realistic. If there was barely any videos, CPMs would be off the charts. You know how much you earn per thousand and so a thousand views. So, you know, I think the good news is that it still takes work because if you're willing to do it, like there's definitely riches. Well said. I like that. Um, and so that is it. Uh, that was five questions. What do you think, man? Those are good. Uh, keep, you know, keep sending them to us, hit us up on Twitter, DMS, whatever, uh, to let us know even comments in YouTube, like what should we cover in future episodes? We'll just keep a, a nice running repository list. Uh, and we'll just keep knocking these out. I think these are really fun. You know, a lot of times we miss like, like people have really specific questions and we want to answer them. So hit us up, let us know. We'll, we'll keep doing these. I love this stuff. And it was like all the DMS that have come from the shows, like questions just answered anyways. Like I, we both just love this stuff. So email us, DM us, find us. Um, we'll call you out on the show, answer your question, call you out in a good way. Um, <laughs> So yeah, shout out. Send the questions in. Yeah. Do um it. do it. But uh if you want to know where to DM me or Emil, you can go to at Emil Shore or at Andy Feeb. I'll let you guess who is who. Uh <laughs> if you want to hear about all the things that we talk about on the show, if you want to know Emil's business, you want to know Lasso, just seekingprofitshow.com slash toolbox. And uh if you like this, give us a thumbs up. Subscribe, tell the YouTube algorithm that we're creating some good stuff. Uh, thank you for watching and listening, and we'll see you in the next episode. Later, man. See ya. We're seeking profit. We're seeking profit. We're seeking, we're seeking, we're seeking, we're seeking, we're seeking profit. We're seeking, seeking, we're seeking, seeking, we're seeking profit.